Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments, and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco and Kyle. Yes, sir. Did you know that a military command or order is a binding instruction given by a senior rank to a junior rank in a military context? I did not, but that that makes sense. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia, because <laughs> that was very specific. Um, you know, I got to tell you this in all, in the whole idea of military orders. Uh, no other military movie order may be as famous or infamous as the order to not touch Santiago, <laughs> which is peculiar <laughs> unless. God damn right I did. Oh my god. <laughs> Colonel Jessup. Uh-huh. What the anyway. I, I or... just watched that movie again, actually. And did it you still really? up. Yes. Oh, a few yeah. good men. Such a such a great movie. That's I believe Rob, uh, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Yeah. Reiner directed that and written by Aaron Sorkin, based on his yeah. original stage play. I believe the stage play does not have the same ending though. Oh, I believe it gets the ending you would expect that exact situation to get as opposed to the movie, which had to have a semi-heroic ending. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, look at orders. Neither of us have served in the military. We certainly thank all those who serve in whatever military nation of origin that is part of um, your citizenship. That's right. My Uh, dad was Air Force. So so was my my dad. Yeah, oh, both nice. our dads. Both our dads are Air Force. They both um, serve in Vietnam? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. We yeah, needed my, Luckily my my luckily my dad did not actually have to go all the way over. He was deployed to Germany. So he was at the the Ford operating base at Germany. Oh. Uh, so he my never dad. actually had to go all the way over. My dad spent three he did three tours in Vietnam. Wow. Okay. As, as we as he likes to say, he did one for himself and one for each of his sons, so that we recover. <laughs> Oh, I thank my dad for that. And I thank everybody who's served. Um, So, no, but like orders, like, you know, you think about like, oh, it's an order, right? And that's always like the trope, right? In movies or TV. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, when you're a commanding officer and and if you're an officer who has the ability to give orders, because that doesn't necessarily don't all have senior ranks, don't all have that ability. But yeah, it's binding. Your job is to do it or there are consequences. So that's a real thing. Why would I bring that up? (laughs) Because there's such a thing as a (laughs) court-martial! Yeah, (laughs) Which hopefully we don't have to to deal with here at Minute 67 of Iron Man 2 from 2010, Dr. John Favreau. Uh, But we're not there yet, folks. Uh, First, we got to finish up a little bit of business here, because uh, we still are in the the Hammer Laboratory, uh, where Ivan has been trying to convince Justin that drones are better. Uh, so we're coming to the end. We, we pick up where we left off, which is the middle of a sentence. So Ivan had said, "Hey, man," which <laughs> I just love when he tries to use like casual slang. <laughs> Don't get too attached to things. He says, "Learn to," and then we pick it up here. Let go. Oh. Uh, so Justin is swayed by this somehow, even though he's not totally like, "Oh, okay, sure, whatever you want to do, Ivan." Like he's he's still, but he's realizing he's not going to win this battle, so he just sort of backs off and he says, "These drones better steal the show, Ivan. You understand?" 
And as he's walking away, uh, we just have on the on Mickey Rourke's reaction shot. Better rock my world, Ivan. As Evans is like, so that basically gives nothing. Like even though there's no one watching, he really could do a big like ugh or yeah. ugh, or like roll his eyes or something. But he doesn't. He's just like I'm more concerned with bird. Well, he <laughs> he's he's back to furthering the relationship with the new yeah. void. No, right. you know, I think what I like about this though is. It really shows Ivan is kind of a, he only has one emotion, revenge, mm-hmm. and this yeah. is all he's focused on, right? So, so yeah, let's let's talk about that. Sure. So at this point, what is Ivan's plan and what is his motivation? Okay, now as as we know in this movie, there there are questions connecting all the dots of Ivan's plan. Yeah, I think Ivan's plan is a is a one step revenge plan, and I think he just rolls with it. I think he is just literally winging it for lack of a better term. Oh, winging it. Ooh, <laughs> That's ah. a, I'm bringing in the cockatoo <laughs> a, yeah. just for that. You're telling no. Marina. <laughs> no, he, he really is. And I, and I think in this situation, as we know what happens here in the final act. Yeah. Yeah. He's given, he's been given control of all of these. He's building an army of drones. Yes. He is, knows that there is going to be a big event that he is going to have control over them or s- supposedly. Yeah. And he is kind of suspecting that Tony Stark is going to show up. That's all. So, but his plan is still not kill Tony. No, it's it's cause enormous chaos and mayhem as a result of Tony and embarrassment. It's okay. it's humiliation and embarrassment. Oh, and I don't think it's to kill him. However, I, I think that that may be an unintended an unintended consequence of his plans. Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. You yeah. look I don't think well, you are convinced. <laughs> well, my thing is, I was watching these minutes and thinking about this, and there's there's been a, a complaint uh, amongst fans uh, of all stripes um, about about comic movies saying too many villains. Look what happened to Batman Returns. Too many villains. Look what happened to Spider Man Two. Too many villains. And the, my my thing is always like, uh, no, don't be dumb. Uh, it's not doing villains. It's how they're used. So, right. like for instance, like uh, in, in 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 the Amazing Spider-Man Two, uh, there is the Rhino, and people are like, and there's also Green Goblin, and there's also I mean, like there's a there's and there's Electro. I mean, like there's all this stuff going on. Okay, right, I got it. The the Rhino doesn't deserve his own movie. Now, <laughs> right. I know that's a controversial statement among Marvel fans, but there are there is a class system of villains. Now, when right. you're writing the comic book, you can do that. Like you can basically like say this arc is all about the Rhino and like uh, uh, you know Spider Man versus Rhino, and you're gonna do that in a movie. You can't really do that. You, there's certain characters who are like you're never going to have a a big tier movie that's going to be Spider Man versus Rocket Racer, you know, right, Spider Man right. versus Big Wheel. I'm, I'm using Spider Man uh, because like he has a much more recognizable the of ridiculous villains than Iron Man does. You know, Iron, Iron Man versus the Living Laser. Yeah, that actually sounds kind of cool, even though that's a pretty much a third tier character. But there there are certain ones that that should not get equal time. So. That uh, that what does that have to do with this? Not very much. But what I I just wanted to get that out there. So what I was looking at as I was thinking about that and that common argument and looking at this and like there's now no now we have two villains. What are we gonna do? Who is the villain of Iron Man Two? Is it Whiplash? Is it Justin Hammer? Oh yeah, it's no, it's Whiplash. It's it's Ivan. He is the villain. Justin Hammer is an unwitting accomplice to that. I submit to you 
Uh-oh. The villain of Iron Man 2 oh, I know is Tony Stark. Yeah, it is. You're right. I yeah. knew. I see where you took me there. And I, <laughs> see? I, I led you down the path. <laughs> no. It, the villain. The, well, the villain. Yeah, oh, see, when we get to the end of this, we're no one have does so as much damage to, to Tony Stark in this as Tony Stark does. That's kind of true. Yeah. So these guys are kind of just like second and third. This movie is so what you're saying is this movie is so deeper than people give it credit for. Is that what I'm saying? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was it was it intended? If it was intended then sure, but if it was well, unintended then Okay, but you one of the things I love though about this exchange though with Ivan is is yeah. the duplicity of everything he's saying. Right. Oh, like the, the conversation with Justin, this better steal the show. Yeah. Oh, it will. it will steal the show. Uh-huh. It's all people will be talking about. I promise. I mean, <laughs> it's just so funny. And the whole thing of letting go, like, you know, as we talked about in the last minute, this whole like, yeah, you told me to let go. Well, guess what? You're going to be letting go whether you like it or not. Like, I think that's yeah. kind of cool. Like, I, I think there's it's foreshadowing. It's irony. It's everything mixed together. I like it. Oh, Sam, Rock, Sam Rockwell makes me Sam so Rockwell. happy. Yeah, I know. Every time he shows up, he's great. Yes. Uh, so uh, now the movie transitions over to uh, back to Edwards Air Force Base, but we're not going to exactly like that because there actually is a deleted scene. Now, I don't know exactly where this deleted scene would go, but chronologically, it's right in here somewhere. It would probably be right after Rhodey arrives. Uh, right. But so because because in this deleted scene, he's wearing the suit. So it went right after. But I didn't know exactly where we were going to talk about. It, so I thought here would be a good place before we get to Rhodey now. So. This is if you look it up online, I believe it's called uh you can look at Iron Man 2 delete scene War Machine. So it's him basically having a debrief with all of the assembled soldiers about what's going on. And so he's saying, like, this is like we have a prototype Iron Man suit. Like this is what what we need to do is weaponize it. We need to aren't we need to get it ready for uh what we have to do. And also, I want all decisions about this suit to be going through me because I am the only one who can operate this. So all decisions about this, all requests of this have to come to me. Is everyone clear on that? And at the time, everyone there is a subordinate to him. So right. that's an order. So yes, of course, sure. I could do that until what happens in the next scene. Um, but then as then, of course, it ends with a gag too, because like he asks them to, to get him out of the suit as he's talking. And we have a, a tech come out behind with like basically a drill to like, a, because remember, this is the Mark, this is the Mark two. So this is the one that had the big arm gantry thing that had to like assemble, right. you know, we had to build all that. So now they're gonna have to figure out how to get it out. And so as they do it, he's talking about, uh, all the, pre- all the work Tony Stark had done is including defenses. And as he does it, the guy who's trying to drill out of it gets zapped and knocked across out of frame. <laughs> Basically some kind of like, you know, uh deterrent system is actually built into the suit and knocks that guy out. <laughs> so it's a fun little gag too. I wish this had been in the movie. Yeah. It's, it, but it needed to be very quickly after they, he walks into the hangar after yes. lang- landing. Yes, at Cause the, he's at standing the there with the same guys in the suit, no helmet on. Right. Uh, right. Probably, you know, it's tucked away or something. And and it looks really good. Well, and it's kind of neat, too, because this is the only time we see uh, Don Cheadle in the Mark II suit before it's changed with no helmet yeah. on, which is kind of cool because right. it, it's a practical effect. It actually looks pretty good. There's some weird wonkiness, though, with the CGI that's unfinished. Yeah. Um, and, depending and on the, the shot. You can, and you can still hear the clinking of the plastic. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's obviously the suit he's wearing is not a metal suit. Um, My favorite. OK. And, and obviously it's it's kind of the dialogue is fine, but it is kind of. He does come off a little bit whiny, like, and remember, nobody does anything without my approval, which is uh-huh. fits. 
but sure. he's he's overselling that a little bit. Okay, yeah. but the my favorite part of this is when the tech comes in the back and the tech literally looks like Bob Hoskins too, <laughs> right? Comes in the back, gets blown away, and then when he when when uh, Rhodey looks back at all the soldiers, the one soldier, Alan, his name's Alan. He just has this look of horror looking on the ground of the guy, like sizzling. Dude, I don't want to touch this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. And again, we always love the humor that's in MCU yeah. movies. This is kind of humor that works. I think, yeah, guy. you think you're right. This in the movie, I think this would have made sense and it would have been a nice little moment yeah, of frivolity. Like say that I would like him to go further and say that. It's like bio locked to me, so right. no one else can. Not that's, no one else. You know, that's the pr- the problem is that the dialogue comes off a little bit just too uh, haughty instead yeah. of being. Re- there's a reason for it, and there's yeah. a rational reason of to why this is like this. Yeah, and there's a problem here that will become a problem in Iron Man three as well because of this exact thing. Because Tony Stark apparently did not really think this decision through. So, oh yeah, uh, but. Meanwhile, back in the actual movie, uh, we come back to Ed- Edwards, and we have um, Rhodey uh, in now out of the unif- out of out of the war machine uh, suit, but in 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 his uniform. Uh, he slides a big metal sliding door away, and he's there with somebody else. And so this is a this is general. So he so this is a actor. Um, he only has four credits on IMDb, and you're like, what's a guy with four credits on IMDb doing in Iron Man Two? Oh, because he's Command Sergeant Major Eric L. Haney, one of the founding members of Delta Force. Like this oh. is a like well, like our our you know our dads were having a, a a tough time in Vietnam, but like he was in it. Like yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, he uh, so he uh, he got involved in Hollywood because he wrote a book about about Delta Force, and he struck up a friendship with David Mamet of all people while they're working together on Spartan, and so from that friendship came the series the unit so he is actually credited as the co-creator of the unit and he was with that show on cbs for a a long time a lot a lot of great actors in that um uh so yeah so here so here he is in one of his uh four roles and basically he's doing what he had done which is he's playing a military commander now obviously he was army and now he's playing air force so i'm sure uh his compatriots got a lot of ribbing to him about that because uh if you don't know, there's a lot of rivalry between Army and Air Force. <laughs> I had the I worked branches, with the guy. Yeah. yeah, I worked with the guy for about like three years who was Army, and he had a lot of things to say about the Air Force. <laughs> yes, most uh, probably most of them deserved. And I <laughs> and we say that because our dads are the with Air Force. Love. Yes, yes exactly. of course. Um, so the general says, uh, and so they basically they're looking at the war machine armor, even though we don't see it. So, like, we're meant to right. see it. So, you know, why not save on the CG by not having it in there? Like, or having it have practical suit. It's just unbelievable. This ought to get the Senate off my word we can't say on <laughs> the show without earning a rating. Uh, he says, it's functional. And uh, Rhodey says, fully mission capable. Uh, he says, good. Get hammered down here to weaponize it. Which is always like Rhodey going, oh. <laughs> but, of course, he has to be military. He says, sir? <laughs> which is like. Really? We have to get Justin Hammer down here to do Right. <laughs> but Hammer's still their guy. You know, Tony left, and so Hammer filled that spot. So um says so Justin Hammer's making a weapons presentation at the expo. We'd like this to introduce it. So it's like already like the pieces are coming together. Uh, he says, Sir, I don't believe that the expo Colonel, the world needs to see this fast. We've got to make this happen. And so Rody's still like, Well, yes, General, but it's also an order. 
Right. Y- yes, sir. And yeah. this is exactly the point I was making before, because you can have Rhodey saying all the stuff he wants about, it's me, it has to be me, I'm going through me. Yeah, the general says it can be whoever he wants it to be. Like, right. this is what you're going to do. You're going to get the guy who, who Tony Stark hates, who is his rival, to come in here and give him access to all of Tony Stark's technologies. Way to go, Rhodey. Right. A well, real so, American hero. <laughs> I couldn't think of. I was trying to think of how do I get Rhodey to fit in GI Joe is there, but I <laughs> have to figure that out. Okay, so what is okay? And, and we talked about you can. We see the suit. We you know we in terms of the set. This is yeah. inside the hangar. Obviously, yep. we know that they were filming actually at Edward yeah. Air Force Base. Giant American flag. Yeah, on the, it's the back wall. Giant. I think those are a couple F 16s Is I believe that the, so? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and nothing else really. I mean, just obviously general just, support yeah, people, support yeah. crew and stuff going on. When they look inside the uh, looks like an armament uh, closet or a part of the hangar because it's it's concealed, it's locked, but it's got some tarps and stuff over the the grating so that it's obviously what's in there is hidden. Mm-hmm. And when you see the suit hanging there, you can kind of see just in the in the darkness of the outside of the rest of the room. There's like boxes where armaments and other things are being stored. So obviously this is an important area that. Yeah not a lot of people get to. Um, I thought that was cool. And it was also cool to see a bunch of the, ho- the uh, cables and stuff coming off the arc reactor mm, in the suit. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You got a, a power generator. Why not use it to power some stuff? I was going to say that I was, I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. That whole idea that they're monitoring slash. They're probably using the energy for a day and using it. I mean, it is a generator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now. Okay. So here's a question. So what is the rest of, of Rhodey's sentence that I don't believe that the expo, is what is the best place to show off the war machine armor to the public for the first time when we've had it for a day. Yeah, is that okay? We're going to get, the, we're going to get into the timeline here uh, uh, in a little bit. Um, right. But yeah, it's like, we just got it, man. Like, okay. <laughs> this is like the, I try, I turn what celebrity it was that got the, that got a Bugatti or whatever. And then wrapped around a tree, like within oh, an yeah, hour like, of, with an hour of it. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a good point. I think to me, it was very much like he's saying, hey, the show is not for we're military. We're not a show. Also true. That's very roadie. Right. I mean, that's Tony. And, and that may be yeah. part of the, the <laughs> yeah, roadie doesn't don't really doesn't blast ACDC as he comes Ex- flying exactly. into a combat zone. So I think that that's what he was. Try- I think he was trying to imply that, you know, my friend Tony does all that. And it's one of the things that really ticks me off about him. We're not a show. We're not a part of that. So he'd probably play a uh, wild blue yonder. Oh, like, of course. like, Oh no, the terrorists have it. What are we going to do? <laughs> or the right stuff. Just Look, the right stuff. Being like, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's awesome. Bill That's slow mo. He doesn't have time for that. Yeah. Um, no, interesting, but yeah, no. And, and obviously we get the whole moment here where he's like, yeah, that's an order. And the gen and the guy playing a uh, general, is it Mead is the character's yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Um, it just does it really well. Like, shut up. Do, you, do, you, do your job. We, I got more important stuff to worry about. Get out of here. That's great. So it's, good work, Colonel. You've made your country proud. Uh, and he and Rody says, thank you, sir. <laughs> and then as he walks away, Rody's standing there like, oh, God, what have I done? He's, <laughs> There's just that, he's great. It's like he's you can see like just like the clenched jaw, which yes. is basically saying like, oh, this is going to be bad. No, it's the, he does, you gotta just, whenever you watch this movie, just pause it on this because he salutes and then he close, he does a slow close of the eyes. And when they reopen, the eyes are looking at the ground, like, Mm -hmm. 
man. <laughs> the thing I don't like about this job. <laughs> so obviously this was later on that day. Like this is supposed to be the same day as when he delivered on here. So, um, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about like where we're at with time and stuff too. So it's time to say, meanwhile, in the MCU. All right, so, so we're going to talk about... So like, I think the last time we talked about this is when um, Black Widow was hired. Uh, so I'm going right. to kind of just do a right timeline. So we're in May of 2010. So uh, we're going to roll back the clock a little bit so we can catch up to sort of what's been going on everywhere else. So on May 14th uh, was when uh, General Ross, another general, uh, ambushed Bruce Banner uh, in Rio de Janeiro and had, they had the fight uh, in the bottling plant. Uh, so oh, okay. that's when the Hulk first emerged. That was when he had, like, he had been a uh, hundred and, oh, geez, uh, we should know this because we're, oh, 190, that's right, 190 days uh, since he had uh, been seen, the Hulk had been seen. And so now, obviously, there was, and there's Blonsky and, and all that stuff. If you want to know about that, go back to season two and listen to us talk about the Hulk for, you know, hours. Uh, so then May 15th, then Bruce wakes up in Guatemala. Uh, and starts to make his his journey up. Like he's he basically traveled 500 miles in one night. Uh, so then he begins his his trek through uh, Central America uh, up into Mexico to get back into the United States to get back to Culver University. Uh, on the 20th, he's at Chiapas. That's where uh, he's having to beg for food. That's the lonely man. Uh, him pulling up his pants, if you remember that. Um, so on the on the 21st is when uh, Natalie Rushman first showed up. So that's where we had there. Uh, the 23rd was Monaco, which they refer to as the Duel of Monaco, which I really enjoy. Uh, then that, and at the same time, that's also the night then Tony visits uh, uh, Ivan in prison. Uh, in the sharks will feed. You know, that's the whole thing in there. Uh, the twenty fourth uh, was when they're they're traveling back. Uh, Justin breaks Ivan out through various means. Uh, we have uh, they have their their comes oh, again. This is where I get a little bit like, really the same day? Like he breaks them out, flies them across. They have their conversation in the hangar, flies them across, and he starts working on the same day? Like, wow, okay. Uh, then they, they they have their uh, uh, their conversation in, in there, and then so I, I, I've been just working on his stuff. So on the 29th of May, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is now monitoring Bruce Banner, Jane Foster, and Tony Stark. Yeah, we haven't really talked about much what's mm. going on in the Southwest region, uh, but that's right. happening right now, too. Uh, Nick Fury has informed that Tony Stark has 72 hours to live due to his palladium poisoning. Oh, that's interesting. I think that's from the comic. I just couldn't find that anywhere else. Uh, and that's also the 29th is Tony Stark's birthday party. So that's when the big uh, the fight happened there. So now here we are. We're on May 30th of 2010. Uh, and so this morning, uh, Jane Foster contacted Eric Selvig to have him come out because some weird stuff's going on in New Mexico uh, and she okay. needs his help. Uh, in Asgard, <laughs> that's right, we're, we're everywhere else. So um, uh, Thor's coronation, because he was about to take over the throne, got interrupted because somebody's attacking in the treasure vault. Uh, and it turns out the Frost Giants were let in there, and uh, they were all then killed by the Destroyer. I'm sure that won't come up again. <laughs> Destroyer is just a one-use thing, and then you just put it back in it. Thing. Uh, Thor then you know is enraged and wants to go to war, uh, but so we'll see how that goes. And then that's that's happening at the same time as this conversation where they're at the they're the you know, uh, uh, Rhodey lands and uh, shows off the suit, and then does thing, and then. Um, then, then, meanwhile, across the thing, Tony Stark is having a interesting uh, coffee conversation uh, with with what John Favreau referred to as his sponsor. 
<laughs> so he was saying like, oh yeah, so like it's afterwards, like is this how you want to live your life? Like you basically have the you talk to your sponsor and go like, so is this working for you? This this what you're doing now, or you want to like come back and uh, listen to me for a little while and let me help you out? Uh, so so there obviously this day is a long day. Uh, so there's more stuff that happens on here, but here we are. This is May 30th, uh, 2010, uh, as all this is going on, uh, basically on the same day. Okay. Amazing. It's you forget. It is incredible that so much of these initial movies of the MCU are all happening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That is really. It's it, well, pun intended. Incredible. Yeah. But <laughs> and, and we've talked about this in, in past episodes and various things about there's some really great work that's been done in the comic books to kind of intertwine all of this stuff. So I just think it's it's incredible to see like how all of this was coming together and all leading towards what ultimately is eventually the first Avengers movie. Yeah. It's just brilliant. And I know some yeah. of it's been retconned. Some of it is yeah. not, was not intentional as they were doing it. You know what? I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's really a fantastic story. Yeah. And it's, it's, and to see them all lined up like this, there actually, there is something online. I'm not sure if it's still available, but there was a, there was an idea. Uh, and this this guy had the thought like, hey, these are all interconnected, kind of like a TV show. So he recut all of Phase One into one hour episodes. Oh my! And, and had them chronologically chronological? happen. Yeah. And so oh, it, was, okay. it was really interesting to see them cut back and forth between like you know like uh they would go from like the the real the the battle in Monaco. And then they cut to Bruce Banner, like, waking up after his fight. Like, you know, that kind of, like, you know, the, Wait, it's interesting I... juxtaposition like that. The the only problem, I, I and I watched the first sort of season of it, my only problem is I'm like, by the time you get to Avengers, Avengers should, is, like, perfect. Like, you shouldn't do anything, but he cut that one too. And I was like, Oh no. Well, no way. Why <laughs> no. would you, what would you cut? Why into would Avengers? you, why would you just cut it into two pieces? But no, he actually edited, re-edited Avengers too. And I was like, Oh, you've lost me, sir. But, uh, but it was an interesting experiment because about what he chose to put in and what he chose to leave out. And then how you sort of put scenes next to each other and what, how it changes their meaning and stuff too. So it was called MCU TV. I, like I said, it was, he did it as a pure fan project and he put it up there like saying, Hey Marvel, here's a fun way to re, you know, to take your stuff and see it in a new way. And of course it's, you know, by, by the, by the, the lawyers, I'm sure that they weren't entirely excited Wait, about that. Okay. Hold uh, but on. It is definitely worth checking out if you can find it, if you can find it, but what an amazing idea to offer that on Disney plus. I know that's that's basically what he was saying. He's like, I'm not like the movies are the movies, but what a way to repurpose what you already have and see it in a new light by doing yes. it like this. I mean, yeah. and it just he did it purely out of love, like he was hosting all the stuff himself, not making a dime on it. You know, in these in these times, which I'm yeah. assuming even when you listen to this, we will still be in those times. That's a brilliant thing to do. Yeah. And also, it's interesting to see that these things we think of these movies as being so directorial driven. When you have them next to each other, you don't really notice. It's like just when you, when you pull the pieces out. It's not. It's not a wildly different thing in terms of like whoa. You know, it's not like uh, you have like a hugely wildly color palette, and then suddenly there's a dull one. No, they they pretty much have the, they stay within the same sort of range of each other. They don't look as different as you think wow. they do. So. I would say, say when you get to something like Captain America, Winter Soldier, and like Guardians of the Galaxy, no K. Now, there you right, go. You're right, going to be cutting sure. back and forth. You're going to have some big sure. differences. But for these, the first group of them, eh, 
Not no, really as yeah, uh, it's, it's visually a diverse as you would think. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? We can imagine like splicing this with like Ragnarok. It would right. be. Right. Yes, be like, exactly. What <laughs> um, that's, oh, right. Yeah, because actually, let's see the. Oh, yeah. I say I was going to a deep dive on the Guardians of the Galaxy because that actually takes place. But right. we'll, we'll get into that when we get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is there. And, and with uh, on, on Rhodey's sort of. Uh, uh, God, good God, what have I done? Expression that is where literally the minute comes to an end. It's a perfect cut right there. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we go after this? What other conversation could we explore? I, Maybe I one know. on Facebook because oh. we have our own Facebook group. Oh, yes. It's called the Marvel Movie Minute Next Real Film Hot Executive Lounge. So if more, Facebook is more your style, then we're there too. Uh, so we're happy to, to talk about any type of Marvel stuff, Marvel news, or you know, or your favorite Marvel films, or uh, what you think uh, the real plan of Ivan Vanko is at this point. We're happy to hear it. Uh, so hop on over there uh, we, you have to ask for membership because we're trying to keep out the bots and the weirdos <laughs> and the Russians no not just <laughs> more bot more bot more than bots. weirdo yes. yeah. you can find it at facebook.com slash group sex the next reel make your Facebook experience 5% better and that's a great 5% at this day is. I will take 5% right it's like every, every little fun. bit helps exactly it's like a boost in a video game. <laughs> a power up. A That's tiny right. one, but it's something. That's right. It's a tiny one, but yeah. it makes that much of a difference. So we'll be back here for Minute 68. We're going to find out that Odin isn't the only wise one-eyed man. You don't want to miss it. Enough said. Bye. Bye.